The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome to another edition of Fan the Flames Fellowship Meeting. Thank you. (laughs) And joining me in the studio tonight... I wanted to say today, but <laughs> today, it's still light outside. Almost there. Is Andrew von Fear and Andrew, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, is the rest of the crowd. Everyone say hello. You, you, you know, your usual greeting. Hello. 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 <laughs> and tonight we are closing our series, Faith from Start to Finish. This will be part eight. And we are calling this one Works. The full expression of faith. So, as usual, we will open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for being the richest blessing in our lives. Amen. With you, all things are possible. I thank you, Father, for being involved in our lives. I thank you for being the amazing dad that you are. I thank you for loving us the way you love us. I thank you for giving us Jesus. I thank you for giving us your precious word. I thank you for giving us these ministry gifts in the earth so that we can learn about you and learn about the kingdom. And tonight, Lord, I pray over me. I pray over Andrew. And I pray, Lord, that you lead us. And you think through our minds and speak through our vocal cords, Lord, that we can deliver the message uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic force or demonic activity. I thank you, Father, we are anointed to deliver this message so that the message can stir up faith in the hearer's heart tonight. So, Lord, I pray for my hearers as well for those present, for those streaming online, and for those who are to come, who will listen to this message down the line. Lord, I pray that you give them eyes to see, and you give them ears to hear, and you give them a heart that understands so that they can be changed from the inside out. Yes. With understanding, Lord, they can go so much further. Thank you for a blessed evening for a rich word tonight in jesus name amen amen all right so this whole series of faith from start to finish it's all about you getting to know what god has imparted on the inside of you yes okay and so With a case study like this, and we broke it down uh, from episode to episode, we did that uh, just so that you could see what all is involved when you operate in faith. And we went through scriptures right in the beginning. We went through scriptures, and it stated that the just shall live by faith, if you remember that. 
God wants us to live by faith. And there's a reason for that, and we'll get into that now. now. I just want to open up with a prophecy, a prophecy that was delivered this year by Kenneth Copeland on May the 22nd. And the title of this prophecy is called Faith Makes Everything Work. This was delivered at Eagle Mountain International Church. And a prophecy is usually delivered through the mouth of a prophet. You've got the fivefold ministry. You've got the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And each office has got a unique function to carry out the vision that God has in the earth to clean everything up and get people saved and train them up in the word and so forth. And he tells us what that is and so forth. And so a prophecy is basically God speaking to his people at this time, and the prophet is inspired by the Spirit. Now I'll give you an illustration about that. Years ago, anyone, first of all, let me make this statement. Anyone who is born again can prophesy if they are led by the Spirit of God. Okay? But not everyone is a prophet. Hmm. Okay? There's, there's a difference there. So, one evening, a bunch of us uh, guys got together and we were going to discuss the word and so forth. And I just prayed before I, I went and I said, Lord, man, I want you to use me, man. Just do whatever needs to get done. I'm, just, I'm not satisfied with us just sitting around and talking. Just, just do that. And what happened was we got together and we were minding our own business. And I'm just saying this so that you can understand Holy Ghost utterance, how it works. So when I quote this, you can see how special this really is. I was, uh, we were sitting down and the one guy said, you know, I've got a question. And you know, just a normal evening. It was just a bunch of guys born again discussing the word. He said, I've got a question. How come some Christians, they can do things and they are a huge success and other Christians, they do something and it's a failure? Well, I was looking at him and I was still preparing my little answer, what I thought would be right. <laughs> and the next second, my lips started moving. And words started coming out of my mouth and it, it bypassed my mind. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, what on earth is happening? And, and it, was, it was like in slow-mo for me. And as the words are coming out, I'm thinking, my mind is like saying, okay, where's this coming from? And I'm just talking. And I thought, to my, this is what I, I, I genuinely thought. I'm, I'm talking, okay. I'm saying the words, but my mind is like, hey, this better come out right. Otherwise, you're going to look like a fool. <laughs> you know? And the Spirit of God spoke. And he said, there are multiple kitchen zinks out there. Some are big, some are small, some are shallow, some are big. Everyone has got a drain plug. Every believer has got a drain plug. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, the problem with the believers are they're going into somebody else's kitchen zinc and they're trying to force that plug in there. And when the faucet runs, it's going past that little plug. Either the plug is too big or it's too small. It's not clogging up the water. And he said, the things that you are trying to accumulate, I never, I never forgot that. I thought that's an interesting word that he chose to use, accumulate. He said, the things that you are trying to accumulate, you will lose because you are not in your kitchen zinc. And he said, however, if you find your kitchen zinc, that plug will be the right fit. And when the faucet goes on, things will start damming up. And it will start overflowing. Man, when I had finished delivering that word, the other guy sitting on the other end just stared at me and pointed his finger at me and said, that's the Holy Ghost. Well, I knew that. It hasn't happened since. But that was a very special, unique moment. And I never, ever forgot that. So now, when I say to you, I'm going to deliver, uh, well, Kenneth Copeland delivered this prophecy it's something like that. He was inspired by the Holy Ghost and these words came out as the Spirit gave utterance. Okay? So God is talking to His people just like He spoke that night to the guys and even to me. It ministered to me as well. Yeah, He's talking at Eagle International uh, Church and He says, Step back and look. Step back and judge. Look at the places from which you have come. Now God's telling you to do that. So do it. Look at the victories that have come your way. Look at the healings and the financial victories that have come into your hands because of what you have done for my people, saith the Lord God. For faith makes everything work. Faith is the key element to all things, especially in the household of faith. So gather up your thanksgiving, gather up your praise, lay it at the feet of the master. And as you go forth, you do it with faith. You understand, and you back, back in the past, have understood and will continue to understand that I am your victory, saith the Lord God. I am. I am. I am. I am. I will be who I will be. I am who I am. And I am to you whatever you will allow me to be in your heart. I will take you to places that you be that you before would never dream you would ever be there. And you will be successful while you're there. And you will continue to succeed after you leave. These are the days of victory. Make note of that. To many, they look like days of failure. But that's when great victories come. Faith is that victory. Faith is the overcomer. That is the overcomer of this world. And then be still and know that I am God. 
Be still in your heart and understand from the ancient of days. I am the one without beginning. I am the one without end. Your future is bright all the way and including eternity. For I am the God of eternity. You've known me as your Savior. You've known me as your healer, saith the Lord. And you know me as love in your heart. But rest assured, you are about to know me as the great resurrection. And every day is one more day closer, one day closer. And if you will make every day your receiving day, then you will never know sadness. You will never know darkness. And may you live to be 120. Wow. That's awesome. Is that powerful or what? Mm. Can you see how faith is in the mind of God? Mm. And he's telling you, this is your solution. Mm. This is the key element. I am your victory, says the Lord. I am your victory. And so we've been discussing faith. I don't even know this uh, came about in May uh, on the 22nd. But I was led to go and look up prophecies, and I found it. And uh, as you know, the Lord has been leading us into studying out faith. Now, we're going to just uh, touch on it a little bit before we go into works. And uh, if you can go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. That has actually been one of the major texts uh, for this series of ours, Faith from Start to Finish. And when you're there, please say, Glory, hallelujah, I have the victory. Glory, <laughs> hallelujah, I have the victory. That sounded a bit weak, Marius. <laughs> uh, King James. For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, we're going to do a little bit of a word study concerning this. And uh, as we've said before, the word world is talking about this system of operation on the earth. So let's just dive into that a little bit. The Greek word for world is cosmos. Literally something ordered. It's called an ordered system. One of its usages is in the form of worldly affairs. Now we know Jesus referred to Satan as the God of this This world. So he's not referring to planet Earth. He's talking about worldly affairs, this system of operation. Mm. And if you look further, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, spoke about the different levels of demons. He said principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world Mm. and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Mm. Okay, Someone says, what's that got to do with me? Well... Who was it that crucified Jesus? You see, people say, well, it was the Jews. No. First Corinthians tells us 
that the, the word says, if the principalities and powers knew that the whole thing was a setup, they would have never, ever crucified the Lord of glory. Mm. And then you look in another place, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, and he said to them, you do your uh, wickedness of your father, the devil. Mm. So in other words, we can see this worldly affairs is governed by demon spirits. And they influence the people to do these kind of things. That's why Paul always says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. See? So that's what it's talking about, the cosmos in the Greek. Talking about worldly affairs. This whole setup. Now, let us look at the Greek word for victory. Now, this is interesting. The Greek word for victory is Nike. And that's where the Nike sneaker comes from. Yeah. It's named after the Greek goddess Nike. So actually it's, uh, I'll go and buy me a pair of Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> now listen to this. This is very interesting. I heard one translation of the Greek word for victory in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 is super victory. Okay. I mean, this changes everything when you start breaking things down and you start studying. Watch this. The Greek word for victory, Nike, means success. It means mastery. It means takeover. Listen to this word, conquest. Isn't that a word that is usually associated with war? Mm. Conquest. A particular expression of victory. The word was often used in Greek literature to portray athletes who had mastered their sport and ultimately reigned supreme as champions in the games. It could also describe a military victory of one foe against another. So the word Nikkei denotes a complete victory over the opposition. Mm. So now you can see... When it says, this is the success, the conquest, the takeover, the complete, victory the complete victory over the worldly affairs of this world that's governed by the prince of the power of the air, even our faith. Amen. You see how that comes together now? It just opens up everything. And you can see how defeated this world system is. Right there, that just eliminates a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. Mm. Right there. Uh, are you guys blessed so far? I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want to uh, quote uh, some definitions that I've put down about Nikkei, victory. Is to conquer, to overcome. It was used to portray athletes who gained the mastery in a competition and reigned supreme as champions over the games. Ultimate champions, the superior position of an overcomer. And then we looked at synonyms of the word faith. Because, you know, when you start talking about faith, um, a lot of people can't really relate 
Uh, they don't understand what it is. Is it something magical and so forth? So all we did was we just brought it up to speed here in our current vernacular. The biblical term for faith in our current vernacular is, we've been through this before, is to be convinced. It just simply means to be fully persuaded, and it simply means to be confident mm. in what God has done for you. You become fully persuaded. You become confident. Uh, you become convinced that what God promised is able to perform. Amen. Amen. Now, we've also learned, and I made reference to this in the previous episodes, that even though this faith, this mastery, this takeover, this conquest that can subdue the world system and really put it under, this powerful force can also fail. Mm. And we mentioned that Love never fails, but your faith can fail. And uh, <laughs> you remember that. And we've quoted that from Luke chapter 22, verse 32, when Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed that your faith fail not. Mm. Okay. So that tells us right there that faith can fail. Otherwise, why is Jesus praying prayers like yeah. that? Okay. So, in tonight's episode, in the final episode, of course, we are discussing why faith can fail. And one of the main reasons, one of, I'm not saying it is the only reason, but I'm saying one of the main reasons faith can fail is when no works is applied at all. Mm. And the good news is we can make adjustments and get our faith right. And with that, we can cast out mountains. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Andrew, oh, you can get ready to read James chapter 1. But before we do that, I just want to say that when it comes to faith, works has got to be included in your faith journey. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You cannot do it without works. If you don't apply works in God's eyes, you are the one that never took it. Mm. We're talking about Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, uh, when Jesus said, he's talking about, he said, have the faith of God. Mm. He's telling people how to live victoriously. He's telling, he's, he's saying, listen, Jesus was a man that got, if I can say, he was very passionate. He still is passionate. But if I can say it irked him to see the people of God suffering because the rabbis and the Pharisees and the Sadducees were not teaching them right. And they were making it very, very hard to receive from God. When in fact it was very easy to receive from God. And that was Jesus' message all the time. He had to retrain them. He had to retrain them and tell them, guys, it's easy to receive from God. It's not up to him. It's up to you. It's according to your faith. And he said uh, in Mark 11, he said, have the faith of God. Mm. And he, he said, you know, speak to the mountain and so forth. And he gave the demonstration of it. And then he said, and when you pray, believe that you receive. That's your job. 
You believe that you've received it. Okay? That's what you must do. You don't pray that prayer every day. You pray that prayer once. You don't receive it every single day. You're starting off from scratch yeah. again and again and again. You start that prayer once off and that's it. Done. That's And the word, we've been through this before, Mark eleven twenty four says, when you pray, believe that you receive. And that word receive means to take. Mm. And he says, when you pray, believe that you receive. And if you believe that you received, he says, you will have it. Yeah. He didn't say, then God will give it. Yeah, he said, you will have it. Now, when it comes to the journey of faith, if you're not applying your works in God's eyes, you never took it. Mm-hmm. You never took it. I was just thinking, imagine those uh, 10 lepers when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Yeah. And that was an act of faith. That was works. Yes. Um, if they didn't go, they would have not received their They their would miracle. have not received, and that's part of tonight's night. <laughs> <laughs> so... You have to include works with your faith. You have to do it. If you don't do it, you've never taken it. You have to make it part of your daily life. Mm-hmm. It's got to be included now. You're believing. You're walking by faith. It's now. You, you've got to act as if it is here with yes. me now. That's the works Okay, so in other words, if you believe in God for a car, hypothetically speaking, the you've got a garage, the garage is empty. You have got to act as if that car is standing in the garage now. And when you walk past, you don't walk in the middle of the, the garage. You walk on the side. And pray protection over the car. And you pray protection over the car and so forth. And you, you kind of wiggle on the side and, hey, whoa, don't, when people come in, don't bump my car. You know, that... That is, yeah, don't scratch it. That is your works that you're now including in your daily life. Yeah. So this means you've got to talk about it and make plans that involve that. Now, a good illustration I want to give is something that God gave me, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I saw a vision of a dining room table, and there were seven people. I could see it from above. The Lord showed me, and there were seven people seated around this table. And there were three on this side, three on that side, and the seventh person was sitting by himself at an angle. And six of those people were all communicating with each other. They were chatting and and fellowshipping and laughing and so forth. But no one spoke to person number seven. This guy, number seven, was left out by himself. Now, number seven, person number seven, represents works. And the other six people represent faith. And so these guys were talking and speaking and, you know, the... You know, get listening to the preached word and, you know, that's what it represents. Mm. Listening to the preached word and you're making your confessions and you're going through your scripture and so forth. But no one was doing any works. And they were treating Mr. Works 
as if he did not exist at all, as if he wasn't even there. Hmm. This is a huge problem in the body of Christ. I'll give you an illustration, and I've mentioned this before. I called up, I was doing publishing work a few years ago and helping a woman uh, get a book out, and I contacted TBN Africa because they had a publishing department and they had a book distribution company, and so I wanted to talk to them. And the receptionist obviously was a born-again Christian. We got to talking, and she said she's believing God for husband. I said, okay, that's awesome. You believe in God for us? Yes. I said, so are you are you wearing a ring? No. Why would I wear? I said, are you do you are you doing any works? No. This is the illustration of the people sitting at the table talking, 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 and excluding Mr. Works. This is a huge problem. That's why she was still single. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she said, yeah, no, you know what she said to me? I've never heard of this. Well, right away, obviously, she told me inadvertently she wasn't reading a Bible because that's in James. Yeah. <laughs> and so that brings us to James chapter 1. Andrew, you want to read that there? Okay, so this is James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. It says, but be he doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face, his natural face in a glass. Uh, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue uh, therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, uh, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, look at that, right off the top. Now, James is not just any person. James is the half-brother of Jesus. And while Jesus was on the earth, he was amongst the, the family, the rest of the family that thought Jesus was nuts. So they avoided him at all costs. And then, obviously, once Jesus was resurrected, and his mom saw him, and there was, there was over 500 people that saw him, all of a sudden, James is like, wow, my brother is Lord. He's king of glory. Now, all those teachings that he heard Jesus preach in the house is coming to the forefront. So should you listen to James? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, he grew up in the house with Jesus, you know. Now, uh, let's just touch over that again. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Deceiving your own self. Look at that. You think you are in faith and you're not applying any works. You are deceiving your own self. Yeah. He goes on to say, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, which is called a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes his way, and straight away forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word, the word brings freedom, and continues therein, he stays in it, he 
being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Because he's a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now in that same book, we scoot over into the next chapter. Chapter 2, James chapter 2 verse 14 to 26. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and not works? Can faith save him? One translation says, can faith alone save him? Now that's a question. And people just read over that. But you should answer that. Can faith alone save him? No. No, it can't. If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them. Now this is, remember now, he's learning a little bit about faith. He's learning about speaking the word. So now he's speaking the word and he says this. Depart in peace, be warmed, be filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead. If it has not works, is dead, being alone. That's it. Now watch this. Yes, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. That's a question. Show me your faith without your works. Well, you can't do it. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble, but will you, O vain man, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now he's telling him he's vain because he believes he's got faith and he's not applying any works whatsoever. And James is telling him that's vanity. You know, you know what a good illustration of vanity is? Take your hand like this and, and do this. Did you catch the air? No, you didn't. That, watch this. When I do this, I caught nothing. That's vanity. That's pointless. Yeah, good word. Pointless. Another term, a waste of time. There's a lot of people that think they are in faith with no works whatsoever. James says, that's vanity. You're going nowhere slowly. That used to be a series. Uh, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Now he's, he's telling them faith without works is dead. And now he quotes the father of our faith, Abraham. Yeah. He says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See how faith wrought with his works. Uh, wrought is just an old English word for worked. So he's saying, do you see how faith worked? With his works, and by works was faith made perfect. 
And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he also was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Faith and works, they go together. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Rahab, of course, uh, the story is, uh, you might say, well, how's that works? Well, it's very simple. What happened was she was living in Jericho. And so the children of Israel were coming. Everyone heard how Israel was like, if I can say like uh, termites or like fire ants, man, they just destroyed everything in their path. And so Jericho had these high walls, but even though they had these high walls, the people inside of the city were absolutely afraid. And so what happened was Rahab received a word from uh, the Israeli team. And they said, well, when they went in there, they snuck in there. And Rahab said, you know, she could lose her life if she hides them and they get caught. These guys inside of Jericho will kill her. Well, they said, if you do that and you keep quiet, when the soldiers come and look, we're going to protect you when we overthrow the city. And so she did that by faith. And then she let them out. And of course, she was justified by her work. She could have said, oh, yes, I believe that. I believe you're going to do that for me. I believe you're going to do that for me. And then when the time comes, okay, you need to hide us. The soldiers are coming. Uh-uh. Well, that's, that is not faith. See? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, I want to read that same passage uh, from the Passion Translation. It's really, really an eye-opener. My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying, Goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup. What good is your faith? So then, faith that doesn't involve action is phony. And doesn't that say it so nicely? Mm -hmm. Faith that does not involve action is phony. But someone might object and say, one person has faith, another person has works. Go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works. Prove that to me. It can't be done. It cannot be done. And I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. See? You can believe all you want that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear before him. Yet they unchanged. They remain demons. Isn't that powerful? Mm. Hey? Oh, feeble sons of Adam. Do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? Wasn't our ancestor Abraham found righteous before God because of his works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? 
can't you see how this how his action cooperated with his faith and by his action faith found its full expression so in this way the scripture was fulfilled because Abraham believed God his faith was exchanged for God's righteousness so he became known as the lover of God So now it's clear that a person is seen as righteous in God's eyes, not merely by faith alone, but by his works. And the same is true of the prostitute named Rahab, who was found righteous in God's eyes by her works. For she received the spies into her home and helped them escape from the city by another route. For just as a human body without the spirit is a dead corpse. So faith without the expression of good works is dead. Man, isn't that an eye-opener? Now we're going to go into some examples of faith and works so that you can see how this works. And remember, don't forget now the definitions of how we started right in the beginning of cosmos, the world. The worldly affairs. And then Nike, the victory, the conquest, the takeover when you're operating with faith and works. Everything's in place. You don't put the cart before the horse. Okay? That's just weird. You've got two horses, <laughs> they're fresh. Yeah. Now, now watch this now. But there's two horses, they're strong, they're fresh, they just ate, they've been groomed, they're ready. And someone goes and takes the cart with the two arms and puts it in front of the horse. And the two arms aren't even facing the horse. They're that way. And the guy climbs on the cart and he's looking forward with the horses behind him. And he's like, man, he says, man, what is going on? Why is this not working? He's believing for Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, you don't. You, you hear this message of faith and works. You don't do the works first. That's not how it works. You apply the faith first. We spoke about the importance of building up that image on the inside of you. First place. The works is a result of what's on the inside of you. See, you've got to be so full of that word. You've heard the preaching. You heard the preaching. You heard the preaching. You go through your scriptures. You're reading out the scriptures. You get so jam-packed with that faith that you start bursting at the seams in your spirit. Amen. And it starts seeping on the outside. It's got to go somewhere. Mm. See, it's got to go somewhere, and now it manifests in works. Hmm. And uh, I, I tell you, I'll give you an illustration of that now. Now, but the whole thing is, it grows on the inside of you, but it starts on the inside and it works out. True works will be a natural extension of what you genuinely believe on the inside of you. Now, uh, let's go and look at Luke. Andrew, do you want to read Luke chapter 5? I'll read Luke chapter 5. Okay, I got it. 
You guys there? Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 17 to 20. When you're there, say, I've got the victory. I've got the victory. <laughs> you there, Morris? I've got the victory. I've got the victory. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've got it too. <laughs> Watch this. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Watch this. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Man, it filled up that little building. And behold, men brought in a bed with a man on it, which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up onto the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven thee. And I just want to look at it from another, uh, that same account from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 4. And when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, do you see the, the work yeah. that has been done here? They let down the bed within the sick of the palsy lay. So that day... They could have said when they came up to the front door, man, it was jam-packed. Jesus was sitting inside and they had their buddy. And they could have said, well, I believe Jesus could have healed our friend. Mm. I believe it. And say, well, we just can't get in there. It's probably not God's will that he be healed today. Huh? You see that? And they turned around and they walked away. And the scripture says, I've made a note here and I said, only one person got healed that day, even though the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. Some would say it isn't God's will to heal, yet they were the ones who never received. There was only one person that made the effort. There was only one person that applied works they believed so much they obviously heard stories and they heard preachings of jesus and so forth and by this time they've had enough there's there's no more room that's it's now overflowing and they got to do something about it we get to the front door it's full let's get onto the roof and go and make a hole in the roof and the scripture says jesus saw their faith why because their faith was not alone Yes. She could have like said, if I go out here, I'm gonna be stoned. Yeah. But she risked it all and Jesus I mean she touched the hem of his uh, his garment. His, yes. And she was healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. But her actions working with her faith is what got her healed. Yeah. Had she stayed at home and said, I know if I touch the hem of his his coat I'll be healed. Yeah. But I can't go out, they'll kill me. Mm. You know? 
Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, well, that's what I actually wanted to say. Um, and Jesus saw their action. Yes, Jesus saw their Jesus action. Jesus saw their action. This goes back, Andrew, to James, where he says, "Show me your faith without mm. your works. Mm. Show it to me." Now they had works. He says, "I will show you my faith by my works, mm. by my actions." Yeah, by my actions. And so when they made a hole in the roof, Jesus called it faith. The mm. Pharisees called them crazy. Yeah. Who's right and who's wrong? Sometimes you in faith, whatever it is you believe in God for, whatever you say, whatever you do, you're going to have Pharisees around you. You're yeah. going to have Sadducees around you. They're going to call you crazy. Mm. And Jesus is the only person that's going to see faith on you. Mm. And there, there has to be action. There has to Whatever be action. you believe in God for, there has to be action that follows, not just I'm in faith. Yeah. Like he said, show me your faith without your works. It can't be done. Now, when you apply works to your faith, that is when Jesus can see your faith. Mm. So I made this statement. So what is your goal? To get him to answer you? To get him to answer your prayers? No. You don't need to do that. Your goal should be to make it your destiny to get him to see your faith. Doesn't that change everything? Mm. Now, um, here's another illustration. I should actually read this, but for time's sake, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 14, and I'm going to read it from the literal standard version. And this was the 10 lepers. If you read, you can go ahead and you can read this in Luke chapter 17. I think it's from verse 10. Uh, there were 10 lepers. They came and cried out to Jesus. Okay. So they had faith. They had faith that he could cleanse them. They had faith that he could heal them. Otherwise, they would have never showed up and would have never uh, cried out to get his attention. Mm. Okay? But watch how Jesus replies. Andy, this is the one you took from me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus, seeing them, he said to them, Having gone on, show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass, this is, this is how it's literally translated in the Greek, in their going. They were cleansed. In their going, they were cleansed. Now, when Jesus said to them, go and show yourself to the priest, nothing changed. Mm. They were still full of leprosy. Yes. And they could have said, man, I believe he's going to heal me. Mm. I believe he's going to heal me. I believe he's going to heal me and not move at all. Guess what? Nothing would have happened. Mm. And I can't help to think of uh, when it says, having gone to the priest... Yeah. The priest is a journey. Yes. It's not yes. So yes. when a person is yeah. giving God for, for something, it's not instant. Yeah. It's a journey. They have yeah. to take a journey to get to the priest. It's not a scratch card. Yes. Yeah. It's not an instant. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> now, I like to, uh, I'll have to explain this uh, for some, for those who don't know. Explain the law of showing yourself to the priest. Why was that important? Because in those days, the doctor and the medical institution was not the most important thing. The priest was. Okay, so how it worked under the law of Moshe, which is the law of Moses, there were people that got ill in the camp of Israel. I mean, we're talking about three million people. And so what would happen was if you 
contracted a disease or you were sick or, and so forth and so on, the chances because of our gene and so forth, and it's the Middle East and heat and that type of thing, they would have a separate camp for the sick so that they could get healed. Otherwise, you're sitting with a problem where three million people can contract the disease and that's, it. that's the end of uh, Israel. Mm. So they would send them out. Now, the priest would go and go and check if they were cleansed. And if they were showing signs of, you know, they're getting better now, the priest would turn around and say, okay, stay another seven days. It would work every seven days. He'd come back to the temple. Seven days later, he would go do his rounds like a doctor would. And he'd go and check up on them until they were completely cleansed. And then they could come back into the camp of Israel. So this is why you'll see a lot, because Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill, fulfill it. So you will see a lot of instances he'll tell them, go and show yourself to the priest as a testimony against them. You'll see that a lot. Now you understand why, because they would sort of still give the go ahead. Okay, you can come back and live in the big city. And that's what it was about. Now I like to say this. Faith, the scripture says, faith without works is dead. But faith with works is alive. Amen. How's that? Now I want to give you uh, some testimonies. We gave you biblical testimonies on that side, and I'll give you testimonies on my side. Years ago, I was working with Gideon uh, due to the economy. He's got a pizza business, of course. He started feeling it. Uh, prices of his supplies started going up and so forth and so on. And I explained to him, I said, of course, uh, you're going to do this by faith, and you're believing for increase. You've got to do something because he's going through the motions and, you know, he's doing everything that he knows to do. But I said, you can't just read your Bible and listen to messages and make confessions. I mean, that's not where it ends. Your victory comes from you, you've got to complete it. Works is the final, can I say, uh, the, the final run. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's where you finish it off. And uh, he said, okay, what, what can I do? So I said, well, what? Here's the question. What would you do if you were busy? Well, I'd have a whole lot of till slips up on uh, that wall over there. Uh, we'd have a whole lot of pizza boxes open over here. And uh, I'd have the staff in uh, full swing. So I said, okay, do that. Yeah, but there's no one there. But what do you believe? What do you believe? So he started doing it. And guess what? Hardly anyone bought pizzas that day. It's not the end of the world. Carry on doing it. Yeah. Remember, this is faith is not something magic. It's not going to turn around tomorrow morning. But this is how you overcome the world. This is how you Nikkei over cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> You understand? This is how you have your conquest over the worldly affairs. The worldly affairs says the economy is down. People don't have money. Not my problem. And I told him, carry on doing it. So he carried on doing it. And he carried on doing it. And there were some days it was up. And then there were some days we're done. And then all of a sudden it started picking up nicely. And um, I remember he told me, one Monday, 
There was a school that ordered 12 large pizzas. And Mondays were like the quietest day. Mondays were the quietest. I mean, nothing happened. Man. Mm. If a tumbleweed blowed through that shop, That's you thank God for the busyness. <laughs> <laughs> then the following week, they got an order for 13 large. Then the third week, it was quiet. And then in the fourth week, they placed an order for 14 large. And you know what the woman said? It's a school. And they said, we don't know how we came across your business. We actually use somebody else. Do you see how you have the victory mm. that overcomes the world? He could have sat back and said, well, you know, I believe God. God's going to bring uh, increase. God's going to bring uh, people to my business and do nothing. But he acted out on it. And every day he would put out a whole lot of slips. So when you walked in, you saw boxes everywhere. They were open. The oven's going. People are busy chopping up stuff and uh, preparing. We're going to make a lot of pizza. We're going to sell a lot of pizza today. So then the week after that, a man who owned three guest houses placed an order for 30 large on a Monday. Is that good news for Gideon? That is good news. Is that the victory that overcomes this world? Amen. That was not normal for his business. Mm -mm. But it becomes normal when your faith reaches its full expression in its works. You see, watch this. The Thursday, that same guy ordered another 30 large. And then a week later, he ordered 46 large. <laughs> That's a lot of pizzas. That's a lot of, yes. That's a lot of money. And I remember him contacting me and, and saying, man, we, we're doing it, man. We're doing this thing. And I, I want to give you uh, my own personal testimony as well. I was believing God for finances. And I was listening to I was listening to the preached word. That's very important. Remember, we've covered that in yes. part four. Faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. Don't say you've got faith and you're not listening to the preached word. Mm. The preached word is there to build you up. And then, of course, I had my favorite scriptures, my financial scriptures that I went through, and I was just believing God, man. I was just believing God. And it got so big on the inside of me that I'm harvesting finances that uh, Andrew came and he blessed me with a material bank bag. And I took that bank bag. And it's, it's one of those big ones. Yeah, you know, those you know? business yes. businesses use. Yes. And I took that bank bag and I put stuff in it, man. That's, that's my harvest. I carried that bank bag everywhere I went. Why? If you don't include it in your daily life, you haven't taken it. In God's eyes, you don't have it. So quit crying and quit saying, where's my harvest? Why hasn't God answered me? He can't see your faith. Show me your faith without your works. Can't be done. Mm -mm. Cannot be done. So I carry, I folded that, that thing and, you know, it stood like a little bulge in my pocket. But man, every time I went to the store, I had that money on me. It, it was empty. 
And it came to a place, I got so fired up, I grabbed that bag and I, <laughs> I held it like this. Man, that thing's empty. It's just got air in it, you know. And I held it up to God and I said, Lord, you see this? This thing's full of money. Thank you, Jesus. Not saying, God, please answer my prayer. Mm. Mm. I'm telling him what I have. That's it. And I just acted like that every day. And I went and I did shopping at spa regularly. So that little bag went with me. What can I spend my money on? See? And uh, one morning, woke up. And this lady from New York City contacted me. She said, uh, first of all, she said uh, she needs work. She's unemployed. So I was like, okay. And she obviously watched my posts regularly and so forth. I said to her, I gave her a scripture. I said, do this, believe God for this and so forth. So she did that. And it was a little while and she got back to me and she said, guess what? I got a job. And she said, I got a really good job. And I didn't know. She actually mixed with some celebrities as well. She was uh, quite well known. So, And then she, <laughs> she says to me, can we talk? So, <laughs> You know, New Yorkers, they talk so fast. But in any case. She says to me, you know, God said, God said to me, I must give you uh, money. And I was like, what? I, I was, I was, what? I'm just, I completely forgot about this. See, I'm, I'm carrying this. Yeah. I'm carrying this money around with me all the time. She said to me, you need to give me, uh, you need to give me your banking details. I need to get that money to you. God said, I must give you that money. I said, okay, all right. And I gave her the, the details and so forth. Cut a long story short. Um, we, we ended up using Western Union. Yes. And I uh, said, Andrew, you want to come with me? I've never used Western Union before. So I went down there and they asked a little question and you've got to give the answer. And uh, man, I made a couple of thousand right there. I walked out of it. Guess what? That money's going in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was so fascinated with faith and works and how you overcome this world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith. Faith. And I was conquering this system, this worldly affair that's governed by demons. I was doing it with ease, man. And I just said, hey, I want some more money. So I just went back and I... Did the whole system again. Believe God spoke to that, told that bank bag, you fool. Spoke to it. Mm. I showed God that I received it, not waiting for God to give it to me. You've got to show the Lord that you've got faith. Amen. He's got to see it on you, not you looking to him. Mm. And you've got to have that attitude where you are the one sitting with it to the point where you forget what's happening in the natural, you believe it more on the inside than what your circumstances are on the outside. And that woman contacted me again. God said to me, I must give you more money. I said, okay. <laughs> I went and it's a good couple of thousand again. Glory to God, man. And that is living by faith with works. Andrew, you got a good testimony as well? Yeah. So um, years ago, the Lord told me, uh, when it comes to faith, you've got to start small, but start somewhere. Yeah. You know, uh, faith is something that you're actually growing just like everything else. Yes. You know, you're growing in, in education, you're growing business. And uh, I wanted a chest of drawers and I believe God for it. And I found a place in my bedroom 
where this chest of drawers is going to stand. Mm-hmm. And I marked my floor and I refused to walk there because my faith saw a chest of drawers there. Hallelujah. And that's your works. That's my works. Every single night when I'd walk to the lounge, I'd run my hand across the top of it and I'd thank the Lord. Even though it's not there. It's not there. And in but two months, I got it. You got it. Debt free. He didn't pay a cent for it. That's because Jesus could see his faith. So you see how important it is. Faith without mm. works is dead, being alone. But faith with works is, is alive. alive. So I hope you enjoyed the message. Remember, faith comes by hearing. So keep on hearing. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.